Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica, a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives of women history has forgotten. We've always been intrigued by stories of disappearances. Whether it's a fraudster from the 17th century who kept evading the authorities, or a novelist who taunted the Nazis and faked her own death, we all want to know, what happened next? To find out, listen to Womanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, and welcome to What Future. I'm your host, Joshua Topolsky. And uh, before we get into the show, I want to talk about traveling. I don't. I have a very particular feeling about traveling, particularly traveling by plane. And having just done some traveling, I have certain points of dread, I would say, in the experience. And I don't know if everybody has these. I don't know if everyone experiences travel quite the way that I do. Like, I feel like when I'm in an airport and I look at people... People seem generally, now this could be a projection or whatever, me reading into things. I feel like people at the airport are having a better time than I am. Like when I look around, I feel like everybody's enjoying what they're doing uh, or enjoying their trip more than I am. For me, a trip is just a series of hurdles that I've got to vault over, a series of, of anxiety portals that I must pass through until I get to my destination. And I think some of that is driven by my, well, I think I have a problem with flying because it takes me completely out of control of the situation. And I'm not a good passenger anywhere, like in a car or whatever. I don't like to take trains that much, but, but on a plane, you feel especially powerless and out of control. And, you know, of course, if a plane Typically when a plane crashes, which doesn't happen that often, but it does happen. It's not like, oh, there were some injuries, you know, like a car crash. It's like, oh, the guy got his arm broken or, well, he had to be, he was in the hospital for six months, but, you know, then he recovered or, well, he'll never walk again, but he's still alive. I mean, of course, people die in car accidents. In fact, more often than, than, you know, they're more likely to die in a car accident than you are in a plane. But so, but there's that kind of feeling of like, well, if the plane does crash, that's it for me. I'm, I'm toast. And then, you know, uh, there's the whole thing with seats because I'm very tall 
and uh it, it can be very uncomfortable uh it can be very uh hold on i'm getting a call which i need to take i understand this is very bad timing but um one second hello josh <sighs> yes sir you know who this is right well, I mean, there's only one person who uh, can cut right into my... Say it out loud. Who is this? It's the professor. It's always the professor. It's only the professor. Professor scientist, sir. Professor scientist. Sir. Professor scientist, <laughs> sir. <laughs> yes. I like to take control immediately. Yeah, that's good. You know, you hear my laugh right now, yeah, right? Yeah. And I do so enjoy our conversations, both yeah. on air and off air. Yes. But I will tell you this. I come into this conversation today, shit ton of anxiety. Oh. And imagine a ton of shit. Okay. Any type of excrement. I've got it. I've got it. Do you really? Do you have it? I've got it in my mind's eye right now. I'm, you have it in your mind's eye. I got it in my mind's eye, and it's very detailed. I it's, tell you. it's on your front doorstep. Okay. It's more than the doorstep. It's in your yard. Okay. Oh, your, right. your child is about well, to go play actually, in it. I mean, for you your have, yard, it could be good. I mean, you fertilizer. Have to, you have for, to stop Zelda from going out inquiring, <laughs> okay. what is that thing out in the front Don't get anywhere near that. It's Sweetie, get away from that pile of shit. Yeah. It's a ton of anxiety. Of anxiety. And uh, I'm not enjoying it. And even though I'm giggling about it, yeah, I'm uh, very serious. Well, giggling is just a, it's a defense mechanism against the anxiety. Yeah. Yes. I feel like I'm doing a bad job at everything. And that makes me feel anxious. But I'm not so anxious that I'm going to do a better job, if that makes you feel any better. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you I'm you like, should write that down. That would be like a perfect little piece of wisdom in your in your book maybe i should write a book of little little witticisms like that yeah exactly all right my anxiety levels for shit what's causing you anxiety you you should be should be a relaxed man i should be yeah no. well i know you've got a lot of stress because you've got you got big projects you got to deal with big people big personalities it's not just stress it's just i don't know i think stress is more of a external force and mm. anxiety is more of an internal force that sounds like something that a very smart therapist would say. No, I just, I just said it. I just blurted that out. Oh, you should yeah. write a book of witticisms. <laughs> oh, you want to hear some of my witticisms? Yes. I said this to somebody today. I can be accused of being a little self-righteous, uh, which I'm okay with. Yeah. Because I can be. I have a little bit of a bar, some yeah. people say. Yeah. And uh, I came up with this thought years ago that when I feel like I have a leg to stand on, which to me indicates I'm right. Mm. I'm just right about it. I'm not always right, but in this, in a particular moment, it's irrefutable. I am right. Mm -hmm. Somebody's wrong. Somebody's lying. Somebody's doing something. Yeah. If I have a leg to stand on, I take the leg I'm not standing on and I'll beat somebody over the head with it. <laughs> I, I, I should write that one down. Figuratively, not literally. Yeah, figuratively. You both your legs are attached permanently. Yeah. 
It's not like I'm going to go beat anybody up. <laughs> Without naming names, can you give me a basic structure of the what's causing the anxiety? Well, scaffolding. It's uh, it mortality has always been an issue for me. Aging. <laughs> mortality is an issue for everybody. Actually. Yeah, but I'm, I have a, a, an acute sense of my mortality, as mm. my shrink says, mm. which I do. That's interesting. Uh, acute. But what I've never really been conscious of so much so, not in a in a silly way or a, 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 is the word blithful way? Is that no, I don't right? think so. Um, blithe? Blithe way? Yeah. Is uh, aging. But mm. I've got aging on the brain now. Oh, this is this is an interesting topic because I have a similar, I've had a similar thing on, on my mind. And I'm not feeling my age, but I'm conscious of my age. And that mm. didn't happen until a handful of years ago. And through the handful of years, I had a couple dear friends pass away. And we were all right around the same age. And I've been thinking about my age, which was not part of my uh, internal dialogue. Right. And now it's there every day. Why? What are you thinking about your age? Well, I will say that I think that I've always felt, and as for as long as, about as long as I can remember, I've always felt that I was sort of like, didn't have enough time to accomplish all the things that I wanted to accomplish. E even though I'm a master procrastinator and will definitely sit on shit indefinitely. But what's interesting is I don't think at all about, at least not consciously, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about mortality nor do I think about my age. And if I have any thought about my age, it is that I don't feel dramatically different or older than I did 20 years ago. By the way, I don't either. Right. Okay. So, so now Laura, my wife likes to point out that we are old all the time. Like on a regular basis, she will say stuff like, well, we're old now. Yeah. That's a slippery slope. It makes me feel kind of shitty because, no, don't, because don't do I it. don't feel, I don't feel old yeah. and I don't, and I don't identify as like an old person. And I don't feel like I have like somehow done all the things I'm going to do or lived all of the life I'm going to live. But it makes me think about, I'm like, well, is, am I just deluding myself? How deluded am I about who I am and where I sit in the kind of spectrum on the spectrum of time. Hmm. So, you know, it pops up occasionally. I mean, it's funny because every time I talk about my age on the show, I say, well, I'm very close to dying, but it's like, it's a joke because I'm obviously not. I'd like to think that I'm not, but yeah, you're gonna watch but, you know, I, you I want me to I'm talk around. to Laura. I might have to sit Laura. Down. You should, you should talk to her about it because I think she's creating a real bad, it creates yeah, a no, really bad vibe that stuff for me. becomes a slippery slope, a uh, self-fulfilling prophecy. Well, and I think it's like, why think about yourself like that? Why think about in these terms of like old or young? I, I don't feel any age. I never did until about five years ago. Yeah. And I'm not, nobody's dying in my world. I mean, I'm just, just hanging out. Just L-I-V-I-N, you know? All right. I'm going to jump around a little bit, but I'm in a mood today. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. I saw a documentary. It's, it's about the no-no people, which I had never heard before. Okay. But the no-no people were the uh, Japanese, West Coast, primarily Japanese people who were interned during World War II, mm. right? Mm -hmm. And there was a, a 28 questions questionnaire mm -hmm. that was given to these to all these people as they're about to be interned. And as I recall, like number 27 is, uh, will you take up arms on behalf of the United States? Right. You know, basically. And then number 28 was uh, some version of, do you, do, do you 
sympathize uh, side with uh, Japan, right? Mm-hmm. So these people wouldn't answer those questions. Hence, they were they answered twenty six, but on twenty seven and twenty eight, they wouldn't answer them, and they became known as the no no people, right? No, and they were sent to a more harsh internment camp in Arizona called Camp Tule, right? Right. So all of it was harsh, but Camp Tule a little bit more harsh. And these people were seen as real troublemakers. But in fact, so many of the Japanese people, as it turns out, were, you know, like, God love them. It's just a, you know, this is a beautiful race of people. And they were like, they weren't rioting. They weren't like pulling a January 6th on anybody. Right. Um, they were certainly weren't happy. Only, only white people do stuff like that. Only, it's a well-done fact. By the way, only white people do that. Because here's my question. If we were to think that, okay, because of geography and proximity, okay, so Asian, and they were often referred to as the West Coast Asians, right? So it makes you think, probably not too many Asians at that time of America on the East Coast in relationship to the West Coast. Right. But if we imprisoned all the Japanese people, did we try and imprison any of the German people on the East Coast? I mean, this is a whole, this is a whole different. This is and whole why different. did we not? Oh, because they looked like us. Because right. they were well, a bunch of white people. This is, uh, well, but also, but, you know, you, but um, a huge amount of Nazi sympathizers in America. Oh, yeah. Huge, I made that, I made that point to Mandy earlier in the day, too. A huge of amount of, a bit of still to this day and, and, and historically for, for sure, just imagine thinking you're the center of the known universe for your entire existence and the existence of all of your ancestors, just thinking that you control and rule all of the earth yeah. and discovering that that's not the case and, and how little how little it must make you feel deep down. I mean, I can only imagine. I mean, I'm a white man. You know, I'm Jewish, so I'm, I'm a minority, basically. <laughs> <laughs> we're a certain kind of minority. We're not, we look like a, I look like a white guy, but I definitely will be killed as soon as the Nazis get to power. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't laugh at that one. If the guys in New York who are the, the, the Hasidic Jews can identify me and ask me if I want to pray with them hmm. on the street, they'll hmm. just pull me over and say, do you want to, that, that happens? Oh yeah. It's a yeah. very common thing that happens in New York. They try to get a, a, something called a minion together, which is a group of men praying. Oh yeah. I've heard of that. And at any rate, but if they can identify me, I guarantee you whoever, like Donald Trump Jr. can identify that I'm Jewish as well. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, like, I don't know what it's like. I don't know what it's like to feel to feel so good about myself. I don't know, because no, I don't think any Jewish person knows this, to feel really good about, like, who you are and what you've done. Like, I'm not sure that's an emotion I can get in touch with. Yeah. Uh, but but the but these Europeans, these white people, I mean, yeah. they've just been riding this wave of success, you know, seeming success. And it is very I think it's very difficult to to uh, to imagine a world where you are not the top dog. And of course, that world is uh, there's only one solution for them because that world's imminent. That world is is here. Oh, the only solution for them is to kill. Is to do just like to do a genocide because like the, there's no way out of it. I'm on board for what you're saying. Well, you can't stop. I mean, they can't. They know they can't stop it. The, I mean, the shit that's going on in America with these like, Nazis and stuff, like actual Nazis and this Ron DeSantis shit, is just a pure expression of like the last gasp of this kind of European uh, Eurocentric white culture uh, that they've built up and that they think was they thought was forever was going to be forever. 
and uh, unfortunately, it's not. It's very sad for them. So we're, I mean, but you know, they might just they might just like atom bomb us. You know, they've done it before. You're giving me segues, and you don't even know it. I don't. I don't know it. I have no idea what we're talking about or why we're talking about it. But we're it, in lockstep today on a lot of stuff. Often, well, often yeah. you and I are combative in our oh, phone really? calls. I was going to say often well, we're in, in a, lockstep. In, in a, we Look are, but then arguing we, about that. Interesting. We like to we like to rib each other a lot. Hmm. But today I'm not in a ribbing mood. No, you're too anxiety ridden to rib. I'm too anxiety ridden. <laughs> too much thinking about mortality. Did you read this latest report out of the BBC on AI? As if everybody in the world isn't talking about AI, but... No, 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 but I'm happy. Let's get engaged on this. I'm ready. What's the report? Oh, the one about how it's an extinction. You make yes, us extinct yes, or whatever? Yes, Even the... I think even the guy who's created or funded, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. founded yeah, yeah, yeah. the Sam chat Altman. GBT, Sam yeah. Altman, the, the guy who runs OpenAI is very worried. Interesting marketing tactic, I would say, to make your product seem extremely powerful and valuable. A couple of things on that. First off, like, I hope it's... I would love to see, I'd love to be wiped out by an AI, personally speaking, on, a, huh. on just a straight up basic level. Like I it just lasers you from outer space or what? We be so lucky <laughs> to have the AI turn on us and wipe out humanity. But how, do, how does it wipe you out? Does a laser just come from outer space? Yeah, lasers. Sure. Fine. I, listen, you have to, you do have to game it out a little bit, right? Because today the AI will, uh, it doesn't do a lot. And also it's not really AI. It's a, it's a language model which is because humans are very, very dumb. I think we should just first, I want to lay this oh, out. We're like, dumb as shit. Keep going. Well, we're dumb. We're dumb because, I mean, storytelling is, it is what drives humanity. And by the way, that my career in journalism and in other forms of storytelling has been very much driven personally by this idea that telling a story the right way or finding the story to tell and telling it is like has val huge huge value for people it can change someone's life it can change someone's mind it can it can it can reorient you in the world and it's like very powerful right mm -hmm. so storytelling is extremely important but it is also like the basis of all humanity essentially right that we are this is the only way that we ever get anywhere is by convincing each other of a narrative, right? Like gay marriage is a good example. Like, right. Gay marriage happened in America largely because we convinced, like there was a narrative that started to make sense to people that you could tell them a story about what marriage was and what it meant that was different than the one they had been told previously. And they could, they could, they could understand it and they'd buy into it. And I think so much of that had to do with like changing the narrative, like literally changing the conversation and the story that we tell. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in LA. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry, though. He's fully recovered. <sighs> Good one, Dad. <sighs> Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of... dough. Well, the truth is, Dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's take a moment to breathe. Deep inhale. Extend your spine. Remain focused on what you're doing. If safe to do so, exhale slowly, leaning to one side. Inhale back to center. If safe to do so, exhale slowly to the opposite side. Find mental health resources at loveyourmindtoday.org. This message is brought to you by the Huntsman Mental Health Institute and the Ed Council. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. What do you think the dude is doing? Who, who, who? What's his name? Stuart? What? Who? Sam Altman. Sam Altman runs open air. What's he? What's he doing when he says, "Hey, this thing's really dangerous"? Basically, I think he's saying my company is so valuable and so powerful. We've created something that even I don't understand oh, the, the okay. power of, and I hope I can get. There. I hope you will. Uh, the government, America. I hope your military will invest heavily, billions, uh, millions of dollars in my technology to use crafty. it to uh, learn how to you know, bomb people better or whatever. And the NSA would want it to help them learn about what people's behaviors are. And, uh, you know, other companies will want to buy And he, He's like, well, it's so powerful. I don't know. I mean, maybe you could throw me a few bucks. We could figure it out together. I think he's a master marketer. Uh, and, but here's what it is. I mean, this model tells us stories really well, and we're so fucking stupid. We're so dumb. And I got to say, just monkey level stupidity here with humanity that the bed, the better the story is, the more believable it is to us, regardless of it is if it is actually believable or has any facts in it. Like there's a great story that's been going around about this um, lawyer who presented this uh, uh, brief 
this dissent or something in a case and it had all cited all of these different cases that he had used chat GPT to get and all of the cases were made up with like, like extremely detailed citations. But every one of the cases was invented by chat GPT because its job is to model what we believe we want it to, to tell us. Right. It models what we think, what the, what it thinks the next part of the conversation is. So but we're in this, this state of total panic. Because like, what else could it do? But I think there's a couple of things there. Wait, One is, let me interrupt you before yeah, I forget. Please do. Because when you talk about predictiveness uh, meets AI meets uh, telling a story meets marketing. Yeah. Have I ever told you to read this book called If Then by Joe Lepore? I have been reading it. Actually, I started reading it because you uh, told oh, me. Oh, that's right. We did have this. I, I told I you just, about this. I fell off of, I'm in the middle of it. Oh, I just you gotta finish never finished it. It's a great, it's great. It's a it's, great book. It's really a great book. And she's a great writer. But she's terrific. One of the best. What she points out, and I won't ruin it for people, but the way the, the, the this marketer, you know, Madison Avenue guy, got a hold of a, a computer, so to speak, and, and guys who knew how to operate the earliest, earliest days of computer, and how they their initial interest was how do we get i think it was how do we get a person to switch from one cigarette to another mm. and it through multiple hands political hands eventually started to years later predict where we were supposed to bomb certain villages in vietnam oh, yeah. right yeah. kissinger got his hands on it and yeah. it was off to the races yeah I assume. I don't know. But he's one of the no greatest doubt. war criminals we've ever known. I know you have a passion for him. No, nah, I don't really, actually. It's just anyhow, he's been in the news because he just turned 100. Yeah, um, but uh, God, where was I? So where the guy's a great marketer and he oh, wants great everybody marketer, to buy I was just thing. talking about the stories. The stories, it's very good. Oh, and then the other us. guy, the, the attorney creates all those things. Oh, right, right. But it's just, it's just excellent at shaping something that feels so alive, feels so real that we start to ascribe all of these qualities to it, give it all of these, give it all of this power, like money in a way, actually, you know? Mm. And so we are all in a panic now about AI wiping out humanity. And again, I have to say, I strongly advocate for a wiping out of humanity at the hands of AI. If it can, but it cannot, I think it's hard for us to imagine the mind of a person who comes to this, not in where we have come to it, mid mid life already having learned a bunch of other habits, but somebody who's coming to it brand new, will they be more addicted? Will they be less addicted? Will they find the things that we find uh, so fascinating, less interesting? I think there's a, there's a really like wild kind of um, set of possibilities that have nothing to do with anything that we already think that we know about how we use these devices, because I don't think that we have as a, as a species actually begun to even understand what they do at all so so you're you know the counter argument could be well that's why we're going to blow ourselves up with ai i think right now the danger that ai poses is that it makes things it makes faking things very easy and misinformation more than anything and by the way going back to the narrative of storytelling misinformation is far more dangerous than the atom bomb in a lot of ways right like the oh fucking snore if snore if you want you're, professor you're, you're you're stating the obvious. I can't believe that you're Am saying I? that. Wait, let, here. Am I? Do you think the most dangerous part is fake and f creating falsehoods? Right? No, I think at this moment. In this moment. And do you think that that's actually going to get better because it's these fake false moments almost just created a civil war? And you think. Wait, when? Where? January 6th could have 
maybe. But it's not. Teeters but that's could have almost been a, The AI for, had nothing to do with that. That was just regular old people doing their thing. Well, wasn't AI didn't have anything to do with false news had something to do with it. Right. Yeah, but that's so, not, that's not even a thing. That's a fake idea too. That's just like fake news is a, is a fake concept. But you don't think you just said we're going to be able to create more falsehoods. Yes, through yes. A, through misinformation, AI. just generally misinformation. Speaking. Call it what you yeah. will. But that's what the fucking uh, protocols of the elders of Zion is, and it's been around forever. It's behold a pale horse. It's all this fucking the Illuminati shit. It's all the same thing. It's just a huge pile of secrets and misinformation that people that a certain segment of the population will fucking buy into just like trickle down economics and all that bullshit. I hate to do it. I hate to cite this, but there's a, but go uh, ahead and say it. Well, there's a, there's a great, uh, Trotsky, uh, right. Oh, piece of writing. When you, slip into, and, when you slip into Leon Trotsky, well, I'm just I, telling I, you, I know we're about to go to I'm hell. I'm not a hard line or anything. Just saying we're about he, to go he to hell and back. A, he wrote a piece in 1901 <laughs> called on optimism and pessimism. And I think about it all the time. I'm just going to read you the last line because it's the last line is the one that's the last two lines are the ones that are important. I'm just going to read them to you. Surrender, you pathetic dreamer. Here I am, your long-awaited 20th century, your future. By the way, this piece just details how horrible society is in the 20th century. This is when mm -hmm. he wrote it, 1901, right? This is the start of the 20th century. Surrender, you pathetic dreamer. Here I am, your long-awaited 20th century, your future. And the last line is, no, replies the unhumbled optimist. You are only the present. Uh, I think about this all the time, every day that we are in this mode of envisioning that we are in the end state, but we're not in the end state. We're like in the opening innings. We're in the opening innings. And, and, and I've said this to you before, and I'll I say it I don't disagree again. on that. Humanity is not going to be destroyed by a uh, global pandemic. You have said that. It's not, me, me, not going to be destroyed no, you have by, said a, that. I'm agreeing with you. by a nuclear conflagration. I agree. It's going to be destroyed when we invent a pair of shoes that let you jump very high. And then it turns out one day they go haywire and everybody's legs start flying off because of the shoes. And that's how we're going to, it's going to be something so fucking stupid yeah, I agree. and unexpected. You know, it's like, it's actually like the pandemic. I think a, a lot of the, a lot of it is like, you know, we thought it'd be zombies and fucking buildings on fire and, and, and nuclear missiles and whatever and robots rope the fucking guys from the matrix, the robots from the matrix. And, and what it actually is like, you got to sit in your house and work. You're not allowed to go out. You can't go to the grocery store. That's the apocalypse. That's our apocalypse. It's like you got to be on Slack with your coworkers while, you know, everybody's getting sick around you. Anyhow, listen, I don't know how we got into this. I have no idea what we're talking let about. Let me take something back. Okay. No, let me take something back because I said I agree, but I don't agree. I, I don't know why. <laughs> I, I don't even know. I'm not even sure what our topic is. At this, no, but at this you point. had said it's going to be some, you know. Mm. Some fucking tennis shoe that gets in, you know, yeah, the so tennis shoe. The Nike's tennis shoe gonna that, wipe us out. Is what you're saying. That your legs go <laughs> so, flying off when you put them on. Um, um, I have heard you say that before. Yeah. But no, I think it's gonna be bigger than that. Uh, maybe. I. You know, but the thing about AI is this: like, I, it is. Um, it it appears very scary because it does things that we that that seem like they are beyond understanding. I think that you know, if you look at what the real the the interesting critics have said, and I think to Amanda's point. Where its true danger lies at this point is in the misuse of AI by human beings. But it's kind of a people don't kill people, guns do or whatever argument. Like, yeah, like ultimately a person has to pull the trigger, but the gun is the thing that lets them kill. And I think that like, you know, 
we can have the debate about you know what the what the true danger of AI is, and and and, you, and it's both things, right? It's both the technology and the, but oh, but it's like, but this at this point, we're so early in this game, and what it's doing is such a parlor trick, and and there's no evidence that the parlor trick becomes it can become a more elaborate parlor trick. It can become a very sophisticated parlor trick. Is the AI sentient? Does it have a desire? Does the AI want something? No. It doesn't. And we don't know that it could ever. We have no idea that there is a, there's no possibility that we could know that you could make a computer system that has a desire for something. It can do things we tell it to do. It can do things that it thinks we want it to do or it thinks it should do on its own. But that's not the same thing as like a motivating factor, like a, like a dream, right? A dream is not just a random processing of information in our brain. It's not just random. It's some, combination of the pieces of information, right? And it's some it's part of us that is putting them together in a certain way. You know, people in machines aren't like one and the same if you just make a machine that's complicated enough. So this idea that like someday it will be fucking Skynet from the Terminator movies is like kind of a weird, bad human fantasy that has been, I don't know, to me, it feels like a little bit of a childish view of the technology because some like because James Cameron wrote a movie about a machine that becomes sentient and wants to kill humans. We have basically decided that that's what the machine's going to do. The smarter it becomes like, I don't know, the machine's probably going to be able to see the Terminator. He'll probably be like, huh, maybe I shouldn't do that. That seems like it ends badly. <laughs> like, it's not a good ending for the machines. I don't know. You got a sequel. First Didn't off, end that badly. The best Terminator movie is Terminator 3, starring Claire Danes. And uh, I'll take that one to the to my grave. By the way, my favorite Aliens movie? Yeah. Three. Well, that's interesting. Fincher. David Fincher's first feature film. I get shouted down by more people over that. But you'll have to agree. You will agree with me. David Fincher's best movie is Zodiac. Uh, Probably. Probably. So, no, it can't be an argument there. Well, I don't no know. It's Aliens 3, man. <laughs> You're saying Aliens 3 is better than Zodiac? That's crazy. That's just... Uh, Go back and revisit Aliens 3. Out there. All right. Charles, All right. Oh, Charles so Dutton staring down, he's great. Staring Charles down Dutton. the alien saying, he's pour that lead. Come on. Doesn't get better than that. All right. I do, it does make me want to revisit it, I have to tell you. That scene... Charles Dutton, by the way, one of the great, great actors never gets talked about. Charles Dutton. Rock. Rock. Whatever happened to that show? You don't hear anything a, about like it. Like a world-class actor. Theater, stage. Incredible. Okay, hold on. Do we Have we gone through all of your questions? Uh, well, we didn't really cover as much of the... Uh, <laughs> what are you laughing at me about? No, I'm just, I'm just... I wanted to know what we didn't cover. I just think it's funny. This. Exactly. Did you Have you ever actually sat down and read The Fountainhead or Atlas Shrugged? No, I wouldn't read that. No, because, it's, it's uh, pornography. It's, it's the person who it's, wrote it is a shithead. Yeah. <laughs> Go back. A shithead who sucks. I think I might have said this to you. There's a fascinating uh, early Mike Wallace interview, black and white, with yeah, Ayn Rand. we talked about it. Rand. it. Oh, yeah, it's we great. did. It's great. Chilling. So chilling. He really puts, it puts her, you know, gives her some tough questions. He puts her through her paces, but one of the most remarkable things about that interview, and, and anybody who's listening, really, go go watch that interview. It'll show you, unless you're an objectivist, it'll show you what a fraud this person was. A big thinker, right? A great brain, whatever. Basically says, yeah, I just thought it up. 
Well, I mean, that's, I just I just imagine this thing one day when he when he starts asking her about like, well, where do your inspirations come from? What are the references? And she was like, eh, just figured it out, thought it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, is that all ideas? Isn't that all good and bad? Just somebody well, thinking of an idea. And I suppose. But boy, that that many people caught on then and continue to catch on. It's just remarkable to me. Well, people like to hear things that make them feel good about the way that they behave. So, you know, the thing about somebody like Anne Rand or Ayn Rand, depending on who you talk to, is, you know, she condones a lot of behavior that's basically selfish and shitty and bad. And that's what the Republicans do often, right? Like, it's about protecting your interests versus other people's or thinking about a kind of space where other people should be considered, which is, you know, in essence, the, the behavior of a child right the behavior of a of a person with a very limited range of uh understanding which wallace kind of gets into a little bit there how unsophisticated it is i'll tell you what, you should create it you should create an app the professor recommends and it's just because you've recommended several pieces of content here during this conversation and all they all are very interesting sounding but by the way i shot my wad that was it i got three I, I gave them all to you oh, those were your those were your three recommendations <laughs> <laughs> like I said, that, that's all I had. Well, soon you'll be shuffling off this mortal coil and you won't have to worry about recommending things to Ooh, anybody God, anymore. God, that was brutal. Well, you know, I just, I'm just thinking about it since you brought it up at the beginning of the conversation. Well, you're going to speak at my funeral? Am I being asked? I would love to speak at your funeral. I've got some big ideas. Actually. I would love for you to get up and pontificate to the point where this is what you hear in the audience. I was thinking about doing something a little more like a carrot top type of routine, something <laughs> with like props. <laughs> that really would be funny. You know, just pulling some shit out of a bag. You know what I'm getting a lot of comfort from as in, in the midst of my, what? Uh, is it existential angst? I'm not sure if it's so existential. It's more. Is it, it angst or dread? It sounds to me more like dread. It's more angst. dread. You're right. It's more yeah. dread. Yeah. <laughs> be, be careful. Those are, you know, they're close, but they're not exactly the same. What I'm getting some comfort from, and I mean it, is images from the Webb telescope. Oh, yeah. Contemplating the vastness of, yeah. uh, of reality. Talk about a speck. I mean. Well, that's an interesting one. Beyond the colors and the figures. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, there's so much out there. Well, you got to be careful, though, because then you really start to feel bad about yourself, about your insignificance and the meaninglessness no, no. of all of your toils. No, I, that, that, hasn't, uh, that hasn't been the reaction. No, I look at it and go, oh, should there be another space-time continuum matrix of it all? Yeah. Like, I want to be out there. Like, sure. Floating in the... Well, who uh, knows what happens when you, when you uh, leave your, you know, your physical body you know have you thought about have you thought about getting into video games though maybe no, if you're really feeling no, don't a little despondent it. don't believe in it have you <laughs> don't believe in them. we talked about this before i think i recommend gaming to everybody you don't believe in blueberries i don't believe in video no, games. i think what yeah i don't believe in blueberries is this something that came up i believe you in said this before last time we talked you one so. day chastised no, me in a no. pleasant enough way that no, you said I, this. I You've was told being, me this before, but I have no recollection you did. of this. And I was being foolish for believing in the antioxidant. What did I say? I chastised you for eating blueberries? For believing in the antioxidant qualities of blueberries. Oh, yes, yes. I think that's probably some kind of scam. I mean, I have to. It's it, that, that to me, whenever I hear, whenever somebody says. That is a scam to you, but AI is a positive thing. <laughs> whenever I hear somebody say, no, I didn't say that. I'm just saying that I think we, I think we yeah, misjudged I'm going to quote the great mystic, Mr. T., I pity the fool. No, I whenever anybody says anything about a food, no matter what it is, 
any quality the food is supposed to have, I immediately think there's a complex system of bullshit that led to this moment. And, and, and whatever it is, I'm sure that blueberries are healthy. I have no doubt. Broccoli is very healthy. I'm sure there's all sorts of shit that's really good for you. But I just feel like getting, putting too much. What's too much? Putting too much faith in the ability of a single item, a food item. You'd rather put your faith any, in AI any kind and of, the people no, behind any AI. any kind of meaningful, healthful reaction, I think is just like, is misguided. I think it's misguided. I don't think, you know, I don't believe in the Beatles. I just believe in me, I guess is what I'm saying. God, that's another one. Please write that down. No, that's fucking John Lennon said that. Oh, oh, that's right. I think it's actually in a song. I don't know enough about the Beatles. Excuse me. Oh, really? No. I think it's, I want to say it's in a song. I've listened to the Beatles, but I don't like, I don't quote the Beatles clearly. Some of Lennon's solo stuff is really pretty fucking amazing. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry, though. He's fully recovered. <sighs> Good one, Dad. Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of dough. Well, the truth is, dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's take a moment to breathe. Deep inhale. Extend your spine. Remain focused on what you're doing. If safe to do so, exhale slowly, leaning to one side. Inhale back to center. If safe to do so, exhale slowly to the opposite side. Find mental health resources at loveyourmindtoday.org. This message is brought to you by the Huntsman Mental Health Institute and the Ed Council. Hello. From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica, a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives women history has forgotten. 
This month, we're bringing you the stories of disappearing acts. There's the 17th century fraudster who convinced men she was a German princess. The 1950s folk singer who literally drove off into the sunset and was never heard from again. The First Nations activist whose kidnapping and murder ignited decades of discourse about indigenous women's disappearances. And the young daughter of a Russian czar whose legendary escape led to even more intrigue and speculation. These stories make us consider what it means to disappear and why a woman might even want to make herself scarce. Listen to Amanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you remember when the Paul McCartney death hoax happened? Uh, oh, he's still alive? Interesting. Yeah, but do you remember the, the <laughs> DJ in D- Detroit who started that rumor about Paul McCartney yeah. being dead? Yeah, yeah. I think about AI doing that, just widespread. Yeah. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Buy into it. Brace for impact. I don't know. You're vacillating now. I don't understand. I'm not no, quite I'm, clear. I'm you... joking. I'm joking. What's going to happen? Oh, here, is, oh wait. Is I have people, a question. People shut, younger shut, and smarter than us. Shut. Right, Please shut up. Please just shut up. <laughs> do you? <laughs> you're like, I love listening to you speak. And you're like, shut the fuck shut. up. I didn't say the F word. Okay. Just shut Go ahead. Why is it, Professor Positive, when it comes to AI, does it just seems to be in the hands of diabolical people? Yeah. And we on the left are always, you know, under the, 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 the sword of Damocles. Wow. And the guys on the right seem to use it to their advantage. Yeah, because this is the classic uh, bringing a knife to a gunfight situation. Like, Democrats are, I mean... Well, but do you really think they're going to stand down at some point and say, all right, your turn? Who? No. The the guys on the... the, Yeah, they're only going to get better at it. They're going to get more efficient and brutal with it. No, the fucking... But no, but the other side's like the Joker, you know? Like, they're like... Nikola Jokic? What is it? No, you know the Joker from Batman? He's a joke, the guy from the... They call the Center for Denver Nuggets the Joker. Keep going. Well, I wouldn't know anything about that because I hate sports. You know, he's like an agent of chaos, right? He's like, just does what the fuck ever. I think that's a, you can't have like a rational, this is, this is like the Nazi thing, right? This is like the, this the, you can't be tolerant of the intolerant, right? You can practice uh, tolerance, right? That's a good thing. But then when you go, well, but I have to be tolerant to people who think that I should not exist, then you reach a kind of like a threshold. And, and I think that I don't describe to that at all. That's where I go back to taking the leg you're not standing on and beating somebody over the head with it. Keep going. Yeah, but there's a whole there's a whole set of people that are like we're trying to participate in this like thing called reality and in in truth. And, and remember, we're not perfect all the time and there's a bunch of shitty democrats and people on the left who are just as stupid and bad as people on the right, but there are limits to and and ways of being that they will never go into. They will never be like let's exterminate an entire set of people like they're just not going to say that there are on the other hand on the flip side there are people who are like we should have an only like a a totally white nation like just a crazy unhinged fucking uh anti-humanity statement well that does border on extermination (laughs) or right or just like sending people off in boats you can't have like a healthy debate with those people and yes of course they're going to take every they're going to take every possibility everything they can use to create an environment of of shit, they're going to do it because they don't care. It's kind of in sync with a lot of the uh, religious thinking of like, 
this world doesn't matter, this life doesn't matter, and that there's something better waiting for you. Yes, absolutely. Mike Pence believes in, yeah, we're going to. You know, it's like, why, yeah. the, why do the evangelicals follow a guy like Donald Trump? Some of the worst terrorists in America are evangelical Christians. Like, why? We should interrogate that. Yeah, there's a, it's just like any fundamentalist uh, terrorism. But as a matter of fact, they want it to come, the rapture. Yeah, right, exactly. There's this weird, uh, it's just a death cult. Right. Anyhow, God, we're way we're so far afield. I don't even know what we're talking about anymore. But uh, I think it's been fascinating. Oh well, I I mean, we'd certainly like to talk, like top shelf stuff. I mean, I don't know. I can't tell anymore. You're there, I, in, the, you know, in the bar business, you're you're the to me, you're the covassier. Okay. Of podcasts, is that good? I'd rather be the um, top shelf. What's that very expensive uh, whiskey? Uh, it's like Pappy, Pappy Van Winkle. Oh, there is a thing called Pappy Van Winkle. Yeah, Pappy Van Winkle is like the most expensive whiskey you can buy. It's like a very rare, special. It's like a, it's five thousand dollars a bottle or something. Wow. Yeah, I'm the Pappy Van Winkle of podcasting. If this podcast clicks, like in a big <laughs> way, it's not going to. We're just rolling in the dough. Yeah, I think I'm going to buy you a bottle of that. I guess they haven't they haven't given you the numbers. Like, <laughs> I don't think you're in any danger of buying me a bottle of Pappy Van Winkle. Let's put it that way. Maybe a shot glass of Pappy Van Winkle? Maybe. Yeah, I think that's that's possible. Do we have anything else? Do you have anything for me? For you? Yeah, well. I want to, I'm, no, I, you know, it's. I'm scared. I'm scared. You're scared? I'm anxious. And, yeah, uh, why? I don't understand. I don't get like it. such a rube. Listen, you're a successful man. You've, you've more than proven your value. You've more than proven your, your worth. You've, you've made incredible things. Uh, you continue to influence to this day. You have a, a circle of friends that love and adore you and uh, thank the world of you. Getting a little choked up, getting a little misty-eyed. And employees that fear you, that cower in fear. I've seen them in, in person. They yeah. absolutely don't even want to walk a little bit in front of you because they're, they're afraid they'll get knocked get down. It. Don't look at me. Don't eyeball me. I think often I say to them, don't eyeball me. What I would ask you is what's missing? What don't you have? What did you want that you haven't gotten? You know, where is it? What is it? Oh, God, I wish I could answer that on the air. I mean, name one thing that you wanted that you haven't gotten. Oh, I can't. Pony in my backyard. I often use that expression. You could have it, though. Nothing's stopping you. Nothing's stopping you. By the way, I did say that to a friend of mine one time uh, who I will not name. Uh, but yeah, The next day, there's a pony in your fucking backyard, no, right? No, he sent a pony to my office. Right, exactly. This is what I'm talking he did, about. He did have a woman bring a pony by and parade up and down my hallway for about an hour. You're living the life of a, of a king. What is it? Just, I want you to say, I want to know. I really want to know. One thing you wanted or that you've wanted really badly, truly, that you have not been able to get. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna, Come on. Let's, let's, let's end it on this one. Yeah. Having a dad would have been good. <sighs> okay, that's. Yeah, you asked for it. I gave it okay. to you. I mean, that's good. Unfiltered. That's good. As a guy with a father, I got to say, it's not that great. Oh, I mean, come on. With you. Don't <laughs> say that. I mean, he's fine. He's fine. By the way, wherever your dad is right now, he winced. And he, and he, said, to, he said to your mom, he's like, Ugh, I just I got a little agita in my, my, my rib cage. No, they, the, more, the more criticism in my family, the better, to be honest with you. He's embracing it. Well, maybe I should spend more time with your dad. Well, you didn't know your you didn't know your dad at all. Oh, let's not go there. No, let's get into it. No, let's do it. No, another not, two hours not, of this. Not doing we're that. We're going to solve your all your no, problems. No, would be nice to have had a, a yeah, like a yeah. okay. I was raised in a single parent 
fantastic mother household. Yeah. Yeah. And look at look at what it look at what it made you. So you wouldn't be if you're with a dad, you might not be you, to be honest. You know, there, think about here we it. Go. But Mr. Butterfly effect. Look at the the thing you became. Is that what they call it, the butterfly effect, right? Yeah, there we go. Well, no, but it's true. I mean, I'm sure it drove you in all sorts of a different ways, just like all of my failings and my uh, needs and wants have driven me in different ways. Oh, I got one final question for you. I, I, this popped in my head earlier in the day. Let's do it. Early in the conversation. I'm ready. You are king of the world. Okay. You're omniscient. You're omnipotent. Okay. All right. You are borderline godlike. Am I immortal? No, that has nothing to do with oh. it. Well, I mean, a god would be immortal, in my opinion. I said or, borderline. Or, borderline. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm omnipotent, I'm omniscient, but not immortal. Okay, all right. Not immortal. Borderline godlike. I have an expiry date. You have one thing to fix in the world. What would you fix? One thing. I mean, like, can't agonize mean, over. What do you mean, thing? What do you mean, thing? Though, like, do like, you cure cancer? Do you get rid of guns? Um, do you stop war? Do you? So, it's only is it only physical things, or can I like remove a component of humanity? Oh yeah, you can do that too. You're near godlike. You can do pretty much whatever you want. Um, one thing you alter, change, eradicate. One. Here's what I would change. I think. I think it would. Uh, I you know who knows if it was only one thing. Who knows if it would work. I would make it so that every person could understand or sympathize with another person. I would make it so that everybody was able to feel empathetic towards another person. That's the thing I would change. That there was a, a sense of empathy for another person whenever they interacted with them hmm. uh, and, a, in a, and a desire to empathize with them. Okay. I think that thing would probably fix a lot of our problems in, in, in society. I don't think, like removing guns, somebody would just make a laser like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they'd make up, they'd use bombs, they'd use bows and arrows, like, or whatever. I'm not saying like it's, that's the same thing, but guns would fix a problem temporarily, but not permanently. A permanent fix would be like, if you could empathize with another person, if everybody could empathize with the people around them, even the people that seem to suck, I think it would go a long way, you know, or like, you know, I don't know, erase the emotion of hate, but I don't think that's, I'm not sure that would have the result we wanted, to be honest. Okay. All right. Anyhow, All I don't right. know. What would you, what, if you were omniscient and omnipotent? Mr. Mr. So soft and cuddly. <laughs> what would you do? What would you, your one act? Oh, my be? one act. Big man. Yeah. <laughs> Big man. You sound like Dennis Hopper in Apocalypse, <laughs> Apocalypse Now. What do you want yeah, me to say? That's... He was a wise man. Um, <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, I didn't think about you turning the tables on me. That's right, baby. Check it out. You got to answer this fucking question now. Look at you. You're in the spotlight. Well, there's so many things. You know, there's the obvious you'd cure diseases. But uh, yeah. I, I do think that as difficult as it, as it is to say, there's there's a Darwinian nature to life that you, you maybe shouldn't fuck with. No. I would say, honestly, I think it's uh, rain in the internet. <laughs> I, I, Come on. Yes, I do. I mean, I think by comparison, mine's way, way better. I think Just it's like not even... Can't even calculate how much cooler and better my answer was to this. And holier, you're holier than than I'm. <laughs> thou, fix the internet. I'm you're thou. Like, I, love, I love for people to look at TikTok less. If that's the one thing no, I can change. You're just, God, now you're just me. now you're denigrating me. That's just, not like, nice. This is not a nice way. The one to, thing I like this is, is not a nice way. <laughs> they looked at their phone and there was a timer saying enough internet. I think the internet is the end of the world. Now you just think that because you're aging. I think an unregulated. <laughs> Internet is the end of the world. 
That's what I think. Regulated, unregulated, that's not our problem. Our problem is us. It's not that thing. We think we always want to put it in the object. We always want to say it's the thing that makes it so. You think people are going to get smarter, more educated. Hold on. People thought when they put radios in cars that people were going to drive off the fucking road because they were so mesmerized by the magic box producing music that they couldn't steer the car. And, you know, it probably did cause a few accidents. But over time, we learned we learned to change the channel without plowing into a family. Okay, I'm duly chastised. I, I'm going to take mine back. <laughs> I'm going to take mine back. <laughs> All right. Here is what I what wish for the future. What I would yeah. change. What you would change as a godlike creature. As a godlike creature. We would eat lollipops every day. <laughs> we would all have ponies in our backyard. Okay. Right? This is several things. But, uh, I'm, I'm condescending right now to you. <laughs> uh, we would have ponies. Well, you'd wish wealth, great wealth on everybody. Great emotional <laughs> and physical monetary wealth. Yeah. You're mocking me now. Get eight hours of sleep a night. You know, it's funny. You're mocking me, but we agree. I am mocking you. But we ultimately agree. I, by the way, I'm going to go back. I think there's f far more empathy in the world than you might think. No, I, I'm not saying there's, I, there's plenty of empathy, just not enough. Just not enough. There isn't. If we could, if people were empathetic, they wouldn't act the way they act. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard to imagine what it's like for somebody else. But I think that the more we can do that, the, the better off humanity is. Actually, you sold me on it. I agree with you. I hate to be like all lovey-dovey fucking hippie. It was a little hippie-dippie-ish for you, but... No, I know. I, I'm disgusted with myself for even saying that. I should have said something like, everybody should be horny all the time, you know? <laughs> no, I'm I'm on board now. You sold it to me. I, I sounded like a rube. I sounded like Mr. 1060 is what I sounded like. And, uh, and then... <laughs> you know, just, like, just like the idea that you're like, if we could just limit the internet, things would be on. <laughs> You're like, if we just like, you know, cancel America online, can we nobody just... can get an account on AOL. We're all set. All right. You know, okay. No more. I'm Comcast. shamed. God almighty. Shut the That's fuck up. Right. It's a very lovely. It is kind of lovely. This is funny. You're like, just put the phone down. I'm off. Just put the fucking phone down. I'm often described as lovely. You know? <laughs> all right. What... Anything else? When are we next talking? I don't know. Hope I hope soon because it's I can't go for too long without a little bit of this in my life. All right, the professor says um, adieu. Well, once again, your interruption has been uh, my pleasure. Okay. Well, that uh, that that I think is uh, our show. I think uh, we've done far more than anyone was expecting to do. Uh, I had a whole show planned. Um, in fact, I was going to spend several hours talking about my travel anxiety. But, you know, I think there obviously I think what we've learned, is there are more important things to to focus on in this in this world and in this life. And um, we focused on some of those things just now. I'm not sure that uh, I'm not sure why I'm not sure how. But uh, as usual, the professor made it happen. All right. I. I I got to get out of here. I got to have a lot to think about. But we'll be back next week with more What Future. And as always, I wish you and your family the very best. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets 
and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. My simple solution to the problem was remove people from the scene and help them feel safer. In response to attacks against Asian Americans, Maddie Park raised over $250,000 to donate cab rides to the Asian community. There is so much more work to be done. We really need to come together and tackle this issue as a community. Support the Asian community. Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica, a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives of women history has forgotten. We've always been intrigued by stories of disappearances, whether it's a fraudster from the 17th century who kept evading the authorities or a novelist who taunted the Nazis and faked her own death. We all want to know what happened next. To find out, listen to Womanica on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.